What's getting? What's getting? Latrell in the hoodie. Yo, it's your boy Glenn, aka Snoopy. Know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And today we are talking about money, 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 money. Yes, sir. Today we're talking about money. We're talking about making money. We're talking about organizing money, and then we're going to talk about spending money. Now, this is all personal experience, y'all. We are not in any shape or form financial advisors. We're just giving you our experience with money, how we spend our money, how we make our money, and all that good stuff. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But definitely, after this episode, go out, do your own research, go find your own financial advisor, ask them for advice, and get good with your money. But today, we're going to give you an overview, give you an idea, give you a guide to how we spend and save and organize our money. Yeah, this is like the intro to get you on the track to knowing about your monies. Facts. So if your parents haven't told you about money, if your you know, grandparents, if your friends, if nobody, your teacher, nobody's talked to you about money yet, this is the episode for you. This is the intro, like Glenn said. It's a great episode for you to for start you off. So with that being said, let's get right into it. The very first topic. The very first thing you need to know, the reason why you are here is to get educated. 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 You have to get educated before you go out making money, spending money, saving money, all that good stuff. You have to get educated before you get a job, before you do a whole bunch of things. It's important to get educated. How do you get educated? By having a plan. Having mm-hmm. a plan in motion first. Like, like you said, you need to go out and do your research. Having a plan and having a focus, like a reason to why you're, you know, getting that job, why you're doing this investment, like having that plan and a goal in mind is, in my opinion, a very strong way to start out with your money. Like even if you don't know like where to put it or you know how much to spend here, how much to spend there, it's great to have a main focus. At least one. At least one. Mm-hmm. One main focus. I agree. But make sure. It falls within these three things. I think these three things are very important. Either you enjoy doing it, it'll make you some money, right? (laughs) Or you're good at doing it. It has to fall. So one, first off, it has to make you money. I don't care if you're good at doing it and you enjoy it. If it doesn't make you money, that's not the way to go. So it's, it's like a triangle. And the making money is the very tip of the triangle. So it either needs to be something you enjoy doing that you learn how to become good at or you're good at, but you not necessarily enjoy doing it, but it'll also make you money. So if you're very good at networking or whatever, or if you're very good at, you know, talking to people, then you get into a field of talking to people. Why? Because you're very good. It comes easy to you. And then you make that money that way. But it needs to be within that triangle. In my personal opinion. Hey, triangle's the strongest shape. Strongest shape. Strongest shape. So. Proven fact. Proven fact. Y'all can go look that up. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Look at the pyramids. Let's be real. (laughs) So definitely, definitely make sure it falls within those three or two of those three with uh, making money being the primary focus. And how do you get educated? There are multiple ways. It's not just college. College is not the only option, y'all. Do not think that college is the key, the gateway to making all the money in the world or, you know, making it out, whatever the American dream. It is not anymore. So college is a route. Me and Glenn are definitely in college. We're not saying college is terrible or a bad thing, (laughs) but college is one way to get educated. What's another way? Trade school. What's another one? Online certification. You don't necessarily need a degree. Just get a certification. Online course, right? So your favorite entrepreneur that you've been following for a while, if they have a course, pick it up. If you're very big into fitness and you're just naturally genetically gifted and looked apart, buy a course. Get educated, right? Mm-hmm. You don't even have to buy the course necessarily to look you know, good. If you already look good, buy the course to get educated on why you look good. Because if it's a great course, they're going to teach you the whys and the hows. And the key, you know, key information required to get to where you want to be. And so I definitely think it's crucial to explore different avenues of getting educated in order to get to that main goal you may have. For sure. For sure. That's it right there. Hey, 
man's on point right now. Okay, let's jump into the next thing. So, all right, we got our plan in set. We got our plan in motion. What job do we choose, though? That's mm. the big question. What job we choose? It's a job that's going to make you some sort of income. If you don't have the education yet, but you need money, be humble. <laughs> Look, <laughs> you're going to have to put that pride aside. If you got to work at McDonald's, that's the only place that's hiring you. You work at McDonald's. If you got to work fast food, whatever, Lowe's, Home Depot, whatever. I do not care. You work that job until you can, you know, until you get your side hustle up or business up, whatever is required, or until you graduate college, until you're able to get into a better position. But just starting out, especially my younger listeners or even my older listeners that are still, you know, they're still going through, you know, still turning gears and not really getting anywhere. It's crucial to just work, build, stack cash. I don't care what social media says. I don't care, you know, what all these celebrities say. A job is not trash. A job is not whack. A job is not this, that, and the third. Get the job. Get that nine to five, eight to four, whatever. Get the nine to five. Work that job until you're able to stack enough bread to, you know, get into a better position in life. The power of the nine to five, bro, is under underrated. Hundred percent underrated, bro. Whenever you're, whenever you're sixteen, because I believe that's like the age in Texas. Yep. When you're sixteen, you can work. When you're living at your parents' house, bro, stack that bread. Because guess what? You ain't got to worry about the bills yet. Nope. You ain't got to worry about the bills. So just stack that bread. Now, I mean, don't go. Well, we'll talk. But we'll get there. We'll get there on spending the money. But anyways, stack that bread. Stack as much as you can. Stack it so high that, dang, it's like crazy that it's that high that you could even make that much money. The power of the nine to five is highly underrated. If you don't have anything else going on, even if you do have other stuff like sports going on, still work that nine to five. Be tired. You have so much energy being young. Be tired. Be tired because, man, I promise you, later on, it's going to pay off. It's going to pay off big time, bro. I agree. So definitely, definitely put in that work. And next, next thing you need or you might need is a side hustle. Real talk. If you hate your job, if you don't want to work the rest of your life, honestly, after my first internship, I was like, job ain't it. <laughs> now, am I going to work a job after college? Of course. I'm spending all this money. Look, this job is going to pay for this tuition. Best believe that. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to work again, but it's definitely going to be short term. A couple of years, five, maybe 10 years, and then I'm about that thing. Because I'm already working on my side hustles. I'm already working on this podcast. I'm already working on, you know, different investments and uh, real estate and a whole bunch of different stuff coming, uh, fitness, diff- a whole bunch of different things, right? So understand you need a side hustle if you do want to get out the rat race, if you do want to get out your job. You need something that you can do on the side that will eventually become your main income. For sure. I think the nine to five is very powerful and underrated, but at the same time, I think it's the biggest trap you can even put yourself in because who wants to work? What is it, a third? Yeah, a third, third of third your of life. life, like you work a third of your day every day, except on weekends. If that's if you don't work on anyways, you work a third of your day every time away. The other third is sleeping, so that's two thirds of your whole day. You got a third left of your day. Mm-hmm. You don't want to work for the man for the rest of your life. Nope. I want to be the man. You want to be that person. You want to be the person that's striving out to you know have their own business, have their own things in place have their own employees, let people work under you. You provide, you go out and provide those jobs. And guess what? The thing about this is you don't even have to be the smartest person in the room. You don't. You really don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You can go and you could have been the worst person in high school. Right out of high school, you could have made a business and got like maybe four or five people working under you for a small time. And then Build on that and build it into something great, an empire. I don't know. Like, you could have been the dumbest person in high school with the best payout in life. Like, it isn't even about being the smartest person in the room. Now, technically, you would be, you would have been the smartest person by doing all that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, it doesn't take you having to go to college in order to have that side hustle and, to, you know, have all this knowledge per se. Low key, it's all free, it's already out there. But yeah, I agree 100 percent. You just need to start like Glenn said, you don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the most brilliant. 
you just have to start. Because I understand even the smartest person in the room still gets nervous, still doesn't want to get out of their comfort zone, just like you. So as long as you gain the courage to just get out of their comfort zone and start, you'll be so much further ahead of them, uh, regardless of how much smarter you know you think they may be. And understand during this period, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. You're going to feel like wanting to give up. I've done it multiple times. I've been like, uh, I don't know about today, uh, whatever. But I know long-term, keeping the end in mind, keeping the final result in mind of what I have in my head, I know it's going to pay off. So that's why I do show up. That's why I do wake up early. That's why I do stay up late. That's, that's what you got to do as a college student anyway. So I'm, I might as well add a podcast to it, to the mix anyway. You know what I mean? Because I know that long term, this is going to pay off uh, significantly. And so understand during this period, you're working, you know, full time on your job, full time on your living. You're working part time for, you know, the success and the freedom that you will have until eventually it gets to the point to where you're working full time for the freedom and the success that you have. You don't ever have to work a job. You don't have to work part-time ever again. And the best way I could put it, guys, is I remember working a job over the summer, nine to five, and it was so draining. <laughs> it was the most draining thing I've ever done in my life, was waking up, working, getting the workout in, and then literally, take after I took that shower, it was reps. I was sleeping until it was time to eat. I was glad. I was so happy I wasn't uh, t- doing summer school because it wouldn't have happened at all. Whether it was online or not, it was not going to happen. Go ahead. It's definitely me. Yeah. I definitely had that. Man, one summer I had, well, right before that summer in that spring, after freshman year, I had decided I wanted to be in an apartment. All right, we got to pay for the bills for the apartment. All right. Yeah. So then I turn around, go into the summer, try to get a job somewhere. Took me forever. Mm-hmm. Took me forever. Got a job near the, towards the end of the summer. Boom, cool. But guess what? It wasn't enough because I needed more money. Like I had to, I went into the job thing. I was going to get to work full time. Not at all. Part time. Maybe even just eight hours a week. Like I don't even know if you can call that part time at that point. It's just like showing up. Yeah. But anyways, we needed another job. Went to the, went to my old high school, working in the maintenance department. Boom. Another job. Uh, Then turn around, decided to work at the firm, at my friend's mom's firm. Sure. Friend's mom's firm. Mm-hmm. And um, work late at night. Like, so we talking work, work, work. I also had summer school, two classes, summer one, summer two. Cool. It split up. That was a smart move on my play. But anyways, boom, boom, boom. Summer school. Like it was a lot. And guess what? I was up at 6 a.m. to be at work at 6 a.m. Well, 5 a.m. But I got to work at 6 a.m. After that job, went to the other job. Then after that job, went home, chilled. And then after that, for like maybe two hours, went to work throughout the night. Rents repeat every single day, like on the constant grind just for my apartment. But like, it was just, I had a motivation for it and I needed it. It was like, so yeah, that was just a little experience that I had. No, definitely. So I commend you for that because it's not it. It's not it working all the hours and then having to do something afterwards. It's, it's not it. And the point of me bringing this up, point of us bringing this up, is when you think about how tired you guys have been working those jobs, working the jobs that you're currently working, working those jobs you've been working, you got to understand that when you bring like family into this, when you bring, you know, maybe a kid into this, you don't want to give them your leftovers. Think about it. They're spending eight hours at school. You're spending eight hours at work. You probably maybe see each other during breakfast, maybe not. And then at the end of the day, both of you get back home. And now both of you guys are giving each other the leftovers, the leftover energy that you guys have left. And understand you only got maybe eight more, maybe eight to 10 more hours of the day. And that's reps. Then it's time to go to sleep. And so I swore that I'd never, give my kids the last 8% or the last, you know, last little bit, the leftovers of my day to them. Because I understand 18 years flies by fast. Mm-hmm. Like you think that's a long time, but it's not. It flies by fast. And then, you know, we move on as college students. We go do our own thing. We don't want to live with our parents. And we do this, that, and the third. 
And then life happens and now you got your own family. Now it's hard to visit, you know, hard to visit your parents and all these things happen and just life happens. And then it's getting harder and harder to see your family. And then, you know, you're only seeing them once a year compared to, you know, every day. And so you definitely don't want to have that regret of, I didn't talk to my parents enough or I didn't spend enough time with my parents. That's what motivates me to put in the work now. That way, you know, I can give my kids, my future kids, you know, all the attention that they do desire. That motivation is key. That motivation is key. (laughs) When you need it, you need it. And you got to get it and you got to grind and you got to do what you need to do to get it. The next point is staying with your parents as long as you can stay with them until they really want to kick you out. And it's like no more. You can live at your parents' house. For a while, rent free, like bill free. So like in a way you're making money there. Not having to spend that money is making that money. But just because you're staying at your parents, like don't let anybody downplay you whatsoever. Okay. It is definitely okay. It's definitely a thing. I feel like there's a point in time when you do need to move on to get your own stuff so you can learn and experience things on your own. But man, living at your parents' house is low-key a, a bar it's like just under the table yeah not really many people acknowledge it but definitely something nice mm-hmm. and i'm gonna say this i'm gonna actually disagree with you for the first time in a while okay i'm gonna say it's not making money at all because if you're not making money from a different source you're still at the same level and you're going to have to continue to live with your parents and so that's why i say I see what you're saying. Yes, you're saving money by not spending bill money on bills and different things like that. But if you live in with your parents, it should only be to either stack or because you're in college. That should be the only reason you're staying. Or, you know, there's a medical reason, of course. So, I mean, those three reasons, I believe, are valid, definitely valid reasons why you should be staying with your parents. But like if you just chilling, doing nothing, saving money, you know, not planning on moving out anytime soon, then we need to work on that. We need to you know, have some goals, some aspirations in order to get from that position. So on that point, it's not making money. You got to you got to move. You got to make your own money somewhere else. Go ahead. All right. You definitely cleared it up for me because I didn't want to like pass that on the wrong way. But he is completely right. He's completely right. That's not making money. Just chilling at the crib and not making money, like not having a job is not making money. Now. Everything he said, yeah. All right. Now you I just, I just wanted to clear the air because I don't want nobody. <laughs> oh, the trailer Glenn said it's cool to live with the parents. And just, nah, we're not saying that. What we are saying is, yes, save that money. Save that money. If you, if you can, save that money, live with your parents, and stack your bread while you are going to school or you know whatever the case may be. Uh, that way you can eventually get out of that situation. Now the next point and the last point. Starting a business, right? As far as making money, it's starting a business. That's another version of a side hustle. It's where, you know, you find, you know, a particular skill or a field that you truly do enjoy and that you might be good at. You go full force at it or, you know, as much as you can while you're, you know, at school or while you're working at uh, nine to five. But you go at it with everything you have left in the tank after that nine to five. Right. You spend, you know nine to five at the job and then, you know, five to 12 o'clock in the morning on your uh, side hustle, your your business or whatever it may be. And you just work at it. You grind at it until eventually it does become something that does replace your job. Yeah, I think low key, I think. So, you know, you know how they say like an hour a day will keep the weight away. Yeah. They don't. I don't know anybody that says it, but I just definitely like <laughs> that. I plug that in there somewhere. I'm sure somebody says it. But anyways, an hour a day is a great way to like keep that exercise level up and, you know, your weight down in a way. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's just healthy for you. Anyways, I think an hour a day on the books, scheming, putting things together, plotting together a business, something you think would be worth it is more than enough time when you start early. And if you are 16, you are way early. Yeah. If you're 18, you're way early. If you're 20, you're way early. If you're 24, you're way early. If you're, tw- if you're in your 20s, you're way early. Yep. If you're in your 30s, you're still young. Yeah. 
There's so much time. But start now rather than later. Take that hour every day. Now. Not later. Not after that. Now. Okay? But, yeah, that's all I'm going to say on that note. So. I agree. So, to add some subpoints to the business area, how to make some money in business, right? You can get some investors. Get some people that truly trust and believe in what you're doing. Have them invest in what you're doing. And then you use that money to make more money, right? And so with that, you you have to be established, right? Or if not established, at least have a solid business plan. You have to have a solid business plan in order to get some investors. You got to lay out the numbers. You got to show what the markets will, you know, potentially might give you. You have to show all these things to investors before you can be like, hey, let me borrow $1,000. Shark Tank, for example. They be going in. And if they don't have all the information straight, it's over. They are not investing. So you need to have your numbers on point. Damn near memorized. Know know it like the back of your hand if you do want investors to invest in you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Took words right out. I was already on the (laughs) shark tank thinking. (laughs) Facts. Like, you got to be on your stuff. So that's what I mean by, like, have everything or organizes. Go watch a Shark Tank episode. If you ain't if you ain't got your numbers down, like those people on there got their numbers down, go back to the drawing board or get back to work because it's, it's not going to work out. Because the goal of an investor is to make money. It's not to just give to charity. If they <laughs> if they give to charity, they go you know give to a hospital or something. It's not. If they're investing in you, they want to see how much money they can potentially make, and they want to see proof. That, could, that they could potentially make that money. So I believe that uh, you definitely need to be established at least a little bit and, you know, have the wheels rolling. All right. To bring it back around to the topic, like the point of business, make sure you go out and do the research for business. We are giving you some like nitbits there, here yeah. and there, but go back and look to see how to even make a business. Research all that and get all that information that you need in order to, you know, do all these things, like in order to even just have an investor or to have, you know, these other two points that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. All right. You can have it back. No, definitely. And then the next one is like sponsors, whether you're doing YouTube or anything, like get you some sponsors that of products that you truly or businesses that you truly like and support and, you know, use their products. Like, don't <laughs> don't, you know, have a sponsor for Gatorade, you know, don't don't have Gatorade sponsoring you and you don't even like Gatorade. Like, no, have products that you truly use, that you truly enjoy. And uh, that way you can build up a true relationship with that company or with that business. And then the last one is a bank getting a loan, traditional loan. Uh, nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's definitely an option that definitely is available to a lot of people. Um, but yeah, use that money, obviously, to build your business, grow your business and uh, be able to expand a whole lot more quickly than you would without the loan. So that's another way to uh, make some money on the business side. Yeah. To hit the bank part, like make sure when you take that bank loan, pay that bank loan back immediately. As soon as you get the money, make sure you eliminate the bank loan. Like that needs to be out of the picture because we don't like interest at all. Like that needs to be gone, gone. And make sure you you definitely profited off of that, you know, use of someone else's money because it's not yours. Yeah. It's not yours. And I think Lynn made meant as soon as possible. Don't get the bank loan and pay it back. It oh my gosh. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Don't get the bank loan and pay it back. No. Oh, He's saying get the get the bank loan, do what you're gonna do with it, whether it's expanding, whether it's buying more trucks, buying more vehicles, whether it's a bigger facility, whatever it is. And then as the profits come in. Put that money aside to pay that loan as fast as possible. <laughs> but he said it multiple times. I want to make sure, you know, don't get the bank loan paid. You see what I'm saying? It, it wouldn't it wouldn't be smart to get the bank loan to begin with. But yes, interest is not it unless you're making so much money off that loan of money that that interest really doesn't matter. OK, cool. But like <laughs> if you're struggling, then, you know, be very wise with that bank loan. If you're already struggling as it is, be very wise with uh, what you do with that money and how fast you pay it off. All right, let's move into the next topic. We're going to talk about organizing the yeah. monies. 
organizing your money, putting in your savings, uh, you know, even having an extra checking account, taking the money out of the bank, uh, putting in like your a physical safe, like physically taking money out and putting it in a safe, and then how much you're making or how much you're saving, and then how much you're actually investing. Mm-hmm. So savings account, savings account, hey, savings account. Savings account or checking, we're gonna mix them. Savings account or checking account. Both of those together, like, are very crucial to whenever you do have a banking account. Like, those are key because it's like, if you don't have a savings or checking, then you need to fall to the how are you, uh, no, to taking the money out of the bank. You need to fall to actually physically taking money out and separating it and saving it because. If you don't have a physical, I mean, if you don't have um, an extra checking account or an extra savings account, it's going to be really hard to like manage that, you know, lump sum of money you got in your bank. Because it's going to be really easy for you to go on Amazon and straight buy something. Be like, oh, I want that. Cool. And get no alert that you even spent the money. Like, (laughs) not okay at all. So having that extra account is crucial. Crucial. Now, with the savings account, accounting for the bills your vacation, and your rainy days. Three key points when it comes to savings. Make sure you can you got your bills paid for. We're talking about organizing your money. Make sure your bills are paid for. Now, when it comes to vacation, that is some extra, but cool. You can even put you know aside a percentage for that, but always make sure you have a rainy day fund. Emergency fund is completely necessary. There's like a... There's like a percentage online that you can look up and it's like talking about how there's like, I don't know, less than, I don't know, 75% of Americans have $1,000 in their savings account. I just know it's a high percentage. Have at least $1,000. No, I agree. And uh, NBC Make It says only 39% of Americans have enough savings to cover a $1,000 emergency. Maybe I meant... Maybe I meant the other way around. Yeah, the other way around. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. And so like 30, <laughs> that's it. 40% of Americans have a th- have enough savings to cover a $1,000 emergency. So I understand like put 10% aside. That's what I'm doing. Every paycheck. I don't care how much it is, <laughs> how little it is. 10% is going directly to the savings. It's called paying yourself first. Pay yourself that 10% first. I mean, if you're Christian... Tithes and offering, that's, that's the first 10%. And then the second 10% goes goes to the emergency fund, right? So if you're making $100 a paycheck, $10 is going into that savings, right? 100 paychecks, you're going to have $1,000. It might take you a long time, but look, you need $1,000 in your savings for emergencies, right? And this is just, understand, this is just for emergencies. This isn't your whole savings account. No, this is just for emergency, rainy day, whatever you want to call it, emergency fund. Everything else after that is for, you know, whatever it may be, vacation, cushion for, you know, bills, whatever whatever else you use your savings for. But that $1,000 emergency fund needs to be created as soon as possible. As so soon as possible. Do that as quickly as I, I mean, I didn't do that until two years ago, but I've never let my account go below 1000 Never let it go below a thousand. Yeah, some good stuff right there, so, man. Def- definitely keep that in mind. Uh, and you know, when it comes to savings accounts, have multiple. Right, <laughs> I have multiple savings accounts. When I say I don't let my go account go below a thousand, I'm talking about that uh, emergency account. It after I put it in there, I don't touch it. I, I have no reason to touch it. My regular savings account, I just build, I build, I build, I take something out. But that emergency fund. I don't even need a statement balance every time. Tight. <laughs> That's how focused I am and how dedicated I am to being very uh, financially literate. So definitely don't don't touch that money after you move it in there unless it's an emergency. Extra checking account. Why would you need an extra checking account? Say you're a parent and you know you have a kid and they're you know a little young. They're not right at the high school age yet, but you don't want them carrying around cash, whatever it may be, whatever you know, middle school. People got iPhones now, so I don't know what y'all be doing to our kids. Uh, but but anyway, in their wallet on their phone, man, facts. Apple Pay, 
Apple Pay, exactly, at this point. But maybe you're a parent, you want your kid to have, you know, a debit card and you don't want them to have a credit card, perfectly fine. You open up a joint account with your kid. That way they can have the debit card, you load on some money, they, you know, they spend their money with the debit card. Or maybe you have a spouse and, you know, you and your spouse have a joint account. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, I know a lot of people that believe that, you know, once you get married, you know, your money's their money, their money's your money. And you just, you know, combine. That's completely fine. I, I completely understand where they're coming from. So maybe you want to have a joint, you know, debit card where you just spend money here, there, whatever, and everything's good. Perfect. That's, you know, the other reason I have. Go do ahead. you, do you, would you do that? Would you want to be joint like that? Like your money's their money? It depends on if, yes, because I want someone that has the same long-term goals as me. Okay. But your money's their money. Though. Yeah. Because we're on the same page about where our money's going. Okay. Like we have a budget. We understand this amount's going to savings. This amount's going to this. This amount's going to ties and offering. So we have 10 to 20 to 30% to spend on whatever the hell we want to spend on. So you go ahead, spend your money. I go ahead and spend my money. You know, you want that bag? Okay, cool. I'll, you know, decrease my unnecessary spending so you can get that bag, honey. I'm completely fine with that. But once that money is gone, once that pool, once that 20, 30% is gone, it's gone. We're not spending money on bags. We're not spending money on going out. We're not spending money on whatever it may be, because we're both on the same page about where we want to be. Now, if I were to get with the girl that wasn't on the same page and she wants to go out all the time, party, this, that, go spend your own money. <laughs> but I'm investing, sweetheart. Look, 401k, look, we, Roth IRA, look, look, we doing, we're making big boy moves, big girl moves. All right. So understand if we're not on the same page, then yes, I'd strongly advise you split your finances. All right, I just needed a mental check. Yeah. I just needed a mental check. So there you go. That's my insight on whether you should split your finances or not. <laughs> if you're on the same page long term, as far as financially, I think you should come by, honestly. If you're not, keep it separate. But at the same time, that's still a conversation y'all need to be had because y'all are in a relationship. Right. Y'all should definitely be trying to go towards the same end goal. Right. All right. Next taking out money from the bank. And we're talking physically, like physically going to the bank, taking out, withdrawing money mm -hmm. from the bank. That is such a great technique. Yeah. Such a great technique. My girlfriend does it. And it's, it's, I don't know. I think it's crazy that I know she works a lot more than I do, but still, like, I think it's crazy that she was able to go, okay, this paycheck, all of it's coming out. Yeah. Put it in the safe. This paycheck, bills, whatever else we want to do with it. Like, that's insane to me. Like, you get paid biweekly. You get paid twice a, a month. Like, or you take that whole paycheck and you throw it in the safe. And it's like, we could definitely be doing something else with that money. But anyways, you know what I mean? It's just sitting there. And But, like, also another thing, though, what, the reason why I think it's so powerful is the fact that you forget about that money. You really do forget about that money. Like I forget that I even have a safe 90% of the time. Yeah. 90% of the time. Hey, that does not mean y'all come up in my house and you take my safe from me. Cause like I promise you, I will hunt you down. And I will. Mm. Anyways. Um <laughs> taking money out of the bank is a very, very, very good way to save money. It's so powerful. I can't stress. Like, just try it. Just try it. Take your money, like Latrell was saying, split it up in percentages. Be like, all right, this paycheck, I'm going to take out, you know, 60% for my bills. And then, boom, take out 10% for yourself and what you want to spend money on. Boom, take 10% for a rainy day. And then take 20% and put it towards, I don't know, something else. 10% to the, what did you say it was called again? What, tithes and offering? Yeah, the tithes and offering. Put it towards the tithes and offering, 10% there. And then... Take the last 10% and, I don't know, put it towards your girlfriend or something. Like, yeah. put it towards date night. Put it towards, I don't know, whatever you want. But anyways, like, split your money up. Take it out physically and let me know your results. See, I'm the opposite. On that very <laughs> small point, I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to deviate too much. But I'm, I'm a credit card junkie. So I always, I use everything for my credit card. 
But don't take that around with it. We're going to talk about credit cards, but don't take that around with it. But uh, I hate cash. I still have a 20 from like last year. Still in my thing. Like, I, I hate using cash. It's a psychological thing. So understand when Glenn's like, you know, take the money out. Okay, Glenn, what do I do with this money? Do I just hold it? Do I put it in my, like, what do I do with this money? So understand there's two methods you can use. It's the same exact idea. You can use either the jar method or you can use the uh, envelope method. So each envelope, each category of spending, you take those jars or you take those envelopes and you write down each category. Bills, date nights, personal spending, miscellaneous spending, food, groceries, whatever. So obviously the month before, you take note of everything you bought. You do an audit of all the money you spent last month. And then based off what you spent last month, can I cut back on spending as far as food? Can I cut back on groceries? Can I, you know, do I need to spend a little bit more on gas, whatever it may be? And then car expenses. And then based off last month, you make those categories. And then based off those categories, you put a certain amount into each envelope or into each jar. All right, accountant. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's how you do it. I see. You got to do an audit. Uh, if y'all want to know the method that Sammy used, she definitely used the envelope method, but we did not do, or she did not do the, for bills, for date night, for this, it was $500 every envelope. <laughs> that, I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Why? $500 every envelope. Every paycheck, take out $500. Mm-hmm. Envelope. It's an envelope. Two times a month, $500, that's $1,000 within one month. Yeah. The rainy day fund was covered. Let me just say that, okay? Yeah. The rainy day fund was covered within the first month of working wherever she works at. But it's, I don't know, like, even if it was only $200, like, what you want to do? You want to go on vacation, bro? Like, <laughs> you want to go over to the Bahamas, dog? Like, yeah. hey, we got you. But anyways, the envelope method I have personally seen, and I... 100% behind it. Gotcha. 100% behind it. And so we'll, we'll just stay on this topic. It'll be the bridge to spending money. But I'll go ahead and give y'all the budget that I use. Now, me, I'm completely different. Understand, I do not have any bills since I am a resident assistant at the University of North Texas. So I don't got to worry about, you know, I don't even have phone bill. You know, parents still hold me down with that one. Hey, yes, me too. <laughs> Parents still got me on that one. So, like, I don't I don't have any house bills. I'm not paying for any groceries. Uh, I'm not really paying for food unless I just want to go out because I'm tired of the cafeterias. But, like, a lot of stuff is covered for me. So, as far as, like, 10% on food, like, well, I'll be spending 20, 30% of my check on food. It's, it's, it might be different for you, 100%, because we're definitely in completely different situations. But I have categories for a lot of things. So I'll just go down the list. Essentials and haircuts. That's one category. Ties and offering. Gifts. So if I want to, so people's birthdays are coming up, I give them gifts. Car slash gas. Dates. Loan payments. I do have student loans. I am paying them while in college because I'm not about to defer. I'm paying loans every month. Crypto investing. Stock investing. Food. Random spending. So this is going to Walmart. It's like 10 o'clock. I see some I like that I don't need. That going random spending. Savings, 10% in the savings every single time. Personal development. Everybody should have a personal development section. And understand I use Excel. I do not use the envelope method. It's almost 10 categories. It's way too many. I mean, if you do that, do that. If it works for you, do that. We're going to call it the Latrell Excel method. Facts. Latrell Excel method. So like I said, I use my credit card for everything. And then immediately at the end of the, or not immediately, but at the end of the day, I go into my Excel document and I put down all my spending into my Excel sheet. That way I know, that way I can still see it, see where my money's going. And then, so like I said, personal development and then business expenses for the podcast. So any personal money I have to put in, whether it's microphones, whether it's uh, music or whatever the case may be, uh, I do have business expenses, personal funds that go to my business. And so those are those are my categories. Is it a lot? Yes. Can you get it down to four categories? Of course. You don't need to specify dates. You don't need to specify random spending, savings, whatever. Like you don't have to specify all that. You could honestly break it down to four categories if you really wanted to. But it's just based off your life. 
and how much you spend and your spending habits. So, all right, for me, I'm gonna be completely honest with everybody, okay? Right now, I don't have one. Mm-hmm. The reason is, well, I don't have a budget. Let me clarify that. I don't have a budget right now. Yeah. The reason is because in my book, I have to make a certain amount of money for things to just be overflowing. So, like, I'm making so much money that I don't even know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I think for myself that, all right, we need to be start, we need to split this stuff up. So it can actually go in a certain direction and I can just have things moving, moving now. So like right now, the only thing that I concern myself with at the moment is paying 100% of my bills. So whatever money I have, we pay 100% of the bills with that. That is like my primary concern. And then after that, we'll do what we can as far as grocery wise and have, you know, as much money as we can, you know, we can for groceries. Now, as far as like my bills and whatnot, so I guess you could say I do a different form of budgeting. So like instead of thinking about all the money that I make and splitting it up, I think about all the stuff that I have to pay and putting my money towards that and kind of splitting it that way. Okay. So I have my bills, 100% is that getting paid out of my paycheck no matter what, like no matter what, because I'm not going to be ta- like, I'm not going to be late on anything. Yeah. Nothing's going to negatively affect me in any sort of way. Anyways, so bills 100%. Then when it comes to groceries, I try to limit my grocery spending to like 40 bucks every two weeks almost. Okay. Sometimes like that works. If not, that's okay. Like if we get to like 50, 60 every, you know, two weeks, whatever, that's fine. Yep. Cool. But 40 bucks, usually sometimes I can get that. And that's nice. Yeah. That's after you already have like all the essential stuff like spices and all that jazz and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so food cover boom now i don't really have to worry about i don't have to worry about gas actually i don't have a car that's not something i need a budget for cool but when i do use a car or use a vehicle use anybody's vehicle i am budgeting in that gas factor mm-hmm. like i'll be like all right ten dollars for gas based on however much money i make because if i'm using a car i'm making some money <laughs> within using that car or whatever so yeah. anyways so how much i need to spend on gas 10 20 for the day we'll you know do what we can run it as much and whatever's left over they can have or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else is there? I guess money for myself. Usually out of every paycheck, I just, I take like maybe 20 to 40 bucks. And that's like for myself, whatever I want to do with it. Sometimes, sometimes, not every time. But yeah. So like that's for the most part how I budget my money in the giving moment. Now, whenever things get over flooded, like whenever I'm making so much money, I don't know what to do with it because I don't buy a lot of things. Like I don't go out and like recklessly spend my money like, all right, I got to get this game or I got to get this, you know, skin off this game or I got to, you know, buy all this coffee. I don't recklessly spend my money. But I mean, whenever I get to that point where I have so much money that I can't, I don't know what to do with it. That's when we'll start using percentages. Cool. That's just in my book. Now, like whenever I was working all those jobs, we use percentages. Like yep. we were trying to figure out how much you gotta pay for bills and all that. So we didn't have to work anyways. Not for sure. I mean, there's hundreds of ways. Not financial advisors, once again, just right, right. throw that in there. <laughs> in case you done skip through the episode, we're not financial advisors, but there are hundreds of ways to budget. You could you could take the approach of I get my money, I set the money aside for my bills. I set the money aside for my 10%. If you don't have 10%, that's fine. But after, or for a tax and offering, but if you don't do that, that's completely fine, I understand. But you set that, you know, 20, 30, 40% for bills, and then everything else is just make it through the month. Okay, cool. I'm 100% fine with that. But make sure you take care of the necessities first. Mm -hmm. At least track what you need for the necessities and put that money aside for the necessities. And then, you know, do whatever you want with that other money. If you don't feel like getting as detailed as me. I like to know exactly where my money's going. So that's why I'm very detailed. Like if I spend $200 on food, when I have free food, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, Latrell, you need to chill out. Like there's no need for you to be spending $200 when the university gives you free food every single day. 
That's good. So definitely take our spending habits with a grain of salt. Use it if you want. Don't use it. Find a different way, whatever works for you. But definitely have some sort of method as far as where your money is going and how you're spending your money. That actually bleeds from, like, we bled into spending money talking. So, I mean, hey. I mean, the next point I'd make, or the next point we have, is, you know, how much are you spending on yourself? Me personally, like I said, I have 5% for random spending. Now, obviously, when you say how much you're spending on yourself, that depends on what your definition is, because obviously it's more like 40 to 50% I'm spending on myself. Mm-hmm. But as far as me and how my brain works, random spending, that's what I define as, you know, spending on myself. I mean, I guess I can throw in food in there too, since it's not really a necessity in this part of my life now. So 15% right now I have for spending on myself. Yeah. But that, you know, that, that's up to you. Don't don't spend your whole paycheck on yourself. Spend some money. If you do, it better be in that person's development. <laughs> you better be developing yourself with that money. Don't, don't be spending half your check on just random BS stuff that you don't need. That's not going to get you further in life. All right. Hey, we only invest in assets, okay? Facts. Assets. Assets are what is going to make us money. It's going to give us back a return on something. Something. I agree. And the credit card. I, I couldn't throw in the credit card in earlier without talking about the credit card. All right. We're going to let Latrell take this whole one because, <laughs> hey, this is all him. I ain't got that yet. Man. This is all him. So, look, when it comes to credit cards, I love credit cards. Me, personally, I love credit cards. Why? Because they give you money back. Is it a small percentage? Yes. But they still they still just giving you money away for using the card. So my advice is, as far as using credit cards, is spend what you have. I repeat, spend what you have. So if you're only making $4,000 a month, don't go over $4,000 a month just because you got a credit card and that credit limit's $10,000. I don't care. Don't go over that. If you only have, if you're only making four thousand, only spend four thousand, or you shouldn't be spending four thousand because ten percent is supposed to be going to the savings anyway. <laughs> so yeah, you, you played yourself. But uh, only spend what you have. So I, I honestly got into the bad habit of anticipating my paycheck. So I'd spend what I'd get. Mm next month rather than spending what I had. So my bank account said zero, but I knew that I was going to get a certain amount of money at the beginning of the, you know, pay period. But mind you, I still had that thousand dollars in the emergency fund. So don't play me. That's <laughs> a bad habit. That's don't a play bad me. Habit, no, it is. It is definitely. And so recently, I believe two months ago and it, it was tough, y'all. I ain't gonna lie. Like I literally had to cut. I literally had to spend like no money that month. Because I had to literally catch up, right? Because I didn't have the money in my account. So literally for a month, we was going to the cafeteria. For a whole month, we wasn't driving anywhere. That way I didn't have to spend gas. For a whole month, we wasn't dating. For, you know what I mean? Like for a bunch of stuff I had to cut out. And I luckily had the privilege of being able to do that. Why? Because like I said, I don't have any bills or anything. I have to pay for it. And so I was able to flip it. And now I have the money in my checking account. And it lines up with the money in my uh, credit card account or how much I owe for the credit card. So I strongly advise that if the amount that you on your credit card is more than the amount in your checking account, we got to reevaluate. We got to do something different. We got to change something because that is a terrible habit to have. Yes, you may think that job is secure and you'll be good, but it's not. Let's be real. It's truly not because one thing. Whether it's mandatory vaccinations, I'm like I have a friend that's uh, by the time January rolls around, she has to get vaccinated. If not, it's wraps for a job. You know what I mean? She's gonna have to go somewhere else. And so understand, you know, sometimes that paycheck ain't so solid. It ain't so you know consistent. So definitely, when it comes to credit cards, when it comes to credit cards, have the money before you spend it, and then be conscious of why you're spending that money. Is it a necessity or is it just because 
it's free. You think it's free money and this is the bank's money and I can pay it back later. Right. So definitely have that go through your head before you just go all crazy with the credit card. Awareness is key in this entire process. You got to be aware of everything. Like anytime you're not aware, you better stop, assess, look back and get aware. Like if you ever unfocus or if you ever got off track and lost focus on anything when it comes to spending money, please go back and like think about what you just spent your money on in the past few days. Like I need y'all to be very, very money conscious on all the stuff that y'all do. Like everything. It doesn't matter. Like even your time is money. Like, come on, just be aware. I can't stress that enough at all. No, I agree. So definitely be aware. And like I said, I love credit cards. I have multiple uh, you get points off credit cards. You get rewards. You get different things with credit cards. And if you, you know, get up to the point to where, you know, you got the Amex and all that good stuff, you know, they give you perks. They give you, you know, lounge access. They give you a clear subscription, you know, to get through the lines at airports. They give you traveling protection and different stuff like that. Credit cards are a good tool if you want to save money, make money, right? <laughs> make some money back. Most of them are usually 2 to 3% on the dollar. So no, it's not a lot, but still it's two to 3% back that you wouldn't have had if you didn't use the card. But like I said, me personally, I'm responsible enough to use it for every single purchase. And I do use my credit cards for every single purchase. That way I'm getting more than just the 2% or three, what, like 1% back I'm getting from my savings account. So use it, pay it off halfway through the month, use it for the rest of the month, let it hit your statement balance, and then go from there. Definitely be careful with credit cards. And the last thing I'm going to say about credit cards, don't take the second half and run up the whole thing. Only spend, only get up to 10% of your credit limit. So if your credit limit is $100, which it should never be $100, but if it's $100, then you can only spend up to $10 once that statement balance comes out, right? So once once they say, okay, this is the end of your period, it should only say $10, why? Because if you use more than 30%, then they believe that you are irresponsible. So I'm not going to go into a whole class. That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> but since we're talking about it, I do want to say that only once the statement, once the uh, period comes closer to an end, what you want to do is before the period ends, pay off the credit card down to 10% and then let it close. Let them see that, okay, look, you got $10 or whatever. You know, he spent $10 out of the $100. He spent 10%. And then you pay off the 10%. The closing date is just for, just to show that you use the card. And then after that, you get about 15 days to pay whatever's on the statement. You pay that 100% off. I don't care if it's 0% APR. I don't care if it's 20% APR. I don't care what it is. You pay that thing off. That way you don't get into the bad habit of, oh, well, I got until, you know, two or three months since it's 0% APR. Or I got until this, I got until that. No, pay it 100% off. That way you don't have to worry about APR once it does hit your account. So that's my spiel on credit cards. <laughs> All right. But the last point is retail therapy. Mm. So this is actually a real thing now. When it comes to spending your money, retail therapy is great only because like, well, what it means is like spending your money. Actually, no way. Hold up. Wait up. Latrell, you tell us what this means. So retail therapy is when you go shopping for the sole purpose of feeling better. That's as simple as I can make it. You go shopping, you go to the mall, you go to Walmart, you go where it doesn't matter. You go for the sole purpose to make yourself feel better. Okay, that was exactly what I was thinking. Because my girlfriend, Sammy, she does this every time she gets a paycheck. Like, every time she gets a paycheck, she's got to spend some money. She's got to spend money on something. Now, me personally, I ain't got to do that. I don't have to spend some money just to feel good. Like, that's not my forte. I'm not about that life. If I can save some money, I'm more than willing to save and not spend anything, you know, on extra-ish. And so, but anyways, it's a real thing. Like she feels great when she's able to spend like, you know, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 40 bucks, like whatever it is, buying a new pair of shoes that she found on clearance somewhere, like whatever it is, like she likes to go out, headhunt, look for stuff, spend the money if she got the money and wants to spend the money. So, I mean, retail therapy is 
definitely a thing. It definitely works. It does feel good. Like the one time whenever I did spend some money, like way out of proportion, you know what I mean? Is when I got her her birthday gift. I got her an Apple Watch. I went to the Apple store, spent that money. I went in, knew what I want, told them what I want. They went and got my stuff. And I was like, hey, yeah. They was like, all right, it's 270 something or 300. I was like, all right, bet. Card. Boom. You know, I'm out. Boom. We spent that money. We walked up out of there and we was, it felt like I was on top of the world. It was nice. It was just a really, really good purchase. Even when I bought my iPad, like it was just, yeah, I want this. I know exactly. 215, I think, or 256 gig. This is what I want. Space gray. I don't need you to, you know, tell me nothing. You don't need to sell me on nothing. I know what I'm buying. Yeah. It felt good though. Whenever I bought it, I got it. I'm here. You know, we we live in it. I I love it. It's fantastic. No second thoughts at all. Yeah. No no nothing. Like I'm I'm good. I'm good. And that's that's the one of the biggest benefits of having a budget is the fact that you can walk into the store, know that you're well below your thirty percent or ten percent in my case. Spend that money, and be completely fine. Have no second thoughts about it. You like okay, cool. We straight. I spent my ten percent. This isn't retail therapy for me. Like I said, I can go a whole month without spending a dime. <laughs> free housing, free food, and then UNT events every day of the week. I'm living off UNT. <laughs> so understand that that's the benefit is the clear mind that you have with spending your money and knowing, okay, I, I can spend this three hundred, four hundred dollars, and it's not going to affect me. Will I be able to buy another $300, $400 thing at the end of the month? Probably not. We're going to have to move some things around. But For my random spending, can I spend $300? Yeah, go ahead. Cool. I do it. I have no second thoughts about it. And it's completely fine. I was telling Glenn uh, before the episode, when I went to go get my uh, AirPods, I know they're only $160. I understand. I'm a college student. All right. When you walk into the Apple store, I'm not talking about Target. I'm not talking about Walmart. I'm not even talking about Best Buy. When you walk into the Apple store, say, hey, I want so-and-so, whether it's a $50 case or it's a $1,000 iPad. You walk in, hey, I want this and this only. They come back. They get it to you. You're in. You're out. You got the little official You got the little official Apple bag with you. It's no better feeling because you know your finances are straight. You know you did everything correctly. You know your money's in order. So I challenge you guys, get a budget. Whether it's an Excel budget or it's a jars or whether it's envelopes, whatever it may be, just try it out. Month, two months, three months, and let us know how it works for you. Because I'm telling you, it will change your life. Oh, yeah. 100%. It will. 100%. It'll change your life. I feel already financially free just by knowing all of this stuff. Like I am not financially free or financially stable yet, like where I want to be. But I'm. How do you how do you put that? Like you're financially confident. I say confident. Okay, yeah, I like that. Financially confident. I am financially confident and literate at the same time. Yeah, and literate at the same time. That's like. It right there. You can confidently go spend your money, not have second thoughts about it. So yeah. So hey, I'm I would recap this, but we can't recap this one. Y'all gotta go back and listen to all that. But we did talk about you know organizing your money, spending yep. your money, and saving your money. Yep. Three crucial points for this entire episode. And making your money. Oh, and making your money. Making your money. I'm so sorry. I forgot about the the first one. (laughs) But hey, making your money, organizing your money, spending your money. Right. Crucial. Crucial. And before you can do all of that, get educated. Right. This was the first step. And this better not be the only step. (laughs) We still have a lot to learn, right? We're still young. We're still growing. But this is just the baby step. So now take that next step. Get a course. There you go. Get a course on personal finance or YouTube YouTube University. That's another good one. Do your own research. Figure out what works for you. Figure out different ways to make money, different ways to save money, different ways to organize your money. Because the jar method, the uh, envelope methods aren't the only ways. The Excel, the Latrell Excel method <laughs> isn't the only way, but it is a good way. I'm going to go ahead and plug myself. It is a good way. 
Start now. Yep. Not later. Start mm-hmm. now. And then after you start, keep moving. Keep moving. Don't stop. Come back here. Hey, look. It's all free. <laughs> it is. It's free. It's free. Okay? It's free. It's, it's for free. me. Information. We just talked about a good, we gave you a great starting point, a great way, way to segue your way into just making yourself stable. Mm-hmm. All about the stability. We just, we did it for y'all. Like, there you go. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I can't. Uh. Nah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. You done got Glenn worked up, y'all. So with that being said, that's the podcast. That's the episode. We appreciate y'all showing up today, learning, gaining value. Now take that information and run with it. Have a good one. Peace.